0: Thanks, Dan. Good morning, everybody. I'm Jeremy Pleasant. I'm the senior pastor here at the Vineyard Church. Welcome to Vineyard Church, Baton Rouge, online. Obviously, things are a little bit different today, and we're we're trying something um, a, a little new, given um, yeah what's going on in, in, in our in our country, in our state, in our community. And so, you know, uh, first things first. Before we dive in, I want to make sure that we're continuing to pray for uh, all of those who are affected by by this outbreak, those who are ill, those who have died, um, let them not leave our, 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 our constant prayers. And um, as I said in, in, in the letter two days ago, um, we wanna do our best to make sure that everyone is taking care of themselves and, and, and doing what's best for their family, but we also don't want to um, get into a mode of, 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 of fear and panic and, and self-preservation. We wanna think about ways that we can serve our community right now and, and help each other and look on each other this is uh, an opportunity for the church to be the church in, in, a, in a tremendous way. so I want to encourage you in that. So as I said in the letter, this service is, is going to be shorter um, because it is online and so uh, we had some, some really good worship and you've heard a few announcements and so now we're going to uh, just dive into uh, to a little bit of a shorter sermon but you know my thing is, you know, we have to continue. Um, we, we have to move forward, and, we, and, and this, this time now of, of, of learning uh, about God, but also uh, examining our relationship with Him and, and what that means for us and our spirituality is, is really important. And so we're in the fourth week of our series, and we're talking about God as a generous God, a God of fullness. And so I, w- I want to read you this quote by A. W. Tozer, You know, acclaimed pastor and author, he said, What comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Were we able to extract from a person a complete answer to the question, What comes into your mind when you think about God? we might predict with certainty the spiritual future of that person. So, uh, we should have included in, in a link in one of the comments in the description, there'll be a link to the PowerPoint. So you can follow along and uh, you can, you can uh, go over uh, that quote if you want to look at it again. But basically what A.W. Tozer is saying here is that what we think about God, our relationship with God determines, our, how we view God determines our spirituality, determines how we form and become more like Christ. And so that's the things we've been talking about in this series. And, and today as we talk about God's generosity, we, we want to continue to look at what we have been, these false narratives, these false ideas, these things which uh, aren't true, but we, we, we take as true in our lives and in our minds and, and look at, at, at Jesus' narrative. What, is, what does Jesus have to say about it? Because we know that we live in, in, in a world of stories. We, we make sense of the world in story. And so by changing these stories, we can have a better understanding and, and not just more understanding, but, but a deeper connection with Christ and, and a connection that will... Uh, continue to develop in us spiritually. So what is this, this false narrative when we talk about the, the, uh, the, the generous God? So we look at this, so this is what we look at. Love and forgiveness are commodities that are exchanged for performance. Does that sound familiar? Love and forgiveness are commodities that are exchanged for performance. This narrative says that God's love and acceptance and forgiveness must be merited by right living. Now, with most false narratives, there's half truth to that. There is some truth in that, but it's not the full truth. God does want us to have right living, but that's because sin brings damage to us and harms us. And when we act with God's goodness, it brings healing to ourselves and others and the parts of us that have been damaged. But this is where that narrative becomes false is that love and forgiveness are not dependent on our ability to be lovable enough. That's not the same thing. And so in our culture, we, we, we have this cultural paradigm of earning, especially in our country. You are what you can give me. You have talent I can use, great, you get my attention. You have money, awesome, you get my affection. You produce, you get. That is what we have known, that's what we have known. That is how our society is formed. You follow the rules of the system and you don't have to worry about anything. But I have a question. How many does that actually work out for? Not the majority. And even when it does work out for for you or someone you know, how long does it last? How much ongoing stress and pressure exists to maintain in this constant circle and constant cycle of earning? It's nonstop. Has this been your experience at all? You are what you give me? Have you experienced that from someone you care about? Have you ever felt that way with God? these are some things to reflect on. You see, we confuse the role sin plays in God's generous nature and with God's desire for wanting our best. So this is what we think. If we're, if we're not in sin, we deserve a reward. If we are in sin or someone else's, they deserve everything bad that happens and we are rejected by God. And so these narratives often play out in our Christianity. Again, there are These 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 half truths, where like God does does respond as we become more like Jesus, but it's but but it's not this game of you can earn His generosity. See, sin has natural consequences, but God responds to the heart of who returns, not who thinks they can earn it. God responds to the repentant heart, not to the one who thinks that His generosity is for everyone. And so you know, this, this, this idea of earning has played out even, even in our church culture. And, and it's something we have to address as well, because, you know, there are stories of earning in Scripture, right? There are stories which actually support this narrative. But this is the problem. We don't put those stories in the proper context. We focus in on those stories of earning and we say, yes, this is how we relate to God. This is how we relate as Christians. But, it, but when we put those stories in their proper context, we see that they exist in this larger umbrella, this larger narrative, this larger understanding of God's unbelievable generosity. That God was first generous and ends generously. And in the middle, he's generous. We have God's unbelievable love and generosity that is the largest story within these stories of earning that are built within. But, but, but they are not the focus, and yet we have made them the focus. So I'm not saying we ignore those stories that we see in scripture of earning. What I'm saying is we, we learn from them, we, we take, them, take from them what we need but we still put it in the context of the larger story of Scripture that's not just in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, all throughout the Bible, which is a God who is generous, who is love and forgiveness and desire for us, is not dependent on anything we can do or have done, but is totally dependent on His nature. You know, in the Psalms, God is described over and over again as a God of stead steadfast love. Steadfast love. It shows up, that phrase shows up 147 times in the Psalms. That should give us a better understanding in the way we relate to God more than anything else. And so we don't ignore those other stories. We use them and learn from them, and we put them in their context. There is truth in them, but we have missed a bigger truth, which is why Jesus had to set the record straight. And so I want to look at this parable. Matthew 20, verse 1 through 16. It's the parable of the workers in the vineyard. For the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says, like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarii for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and then again about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. So he's offering them an hour, which is basically a day's wage. You come, he went to the 6 a.m. and said, if you come work in my vineyard, I'll pay you for the day. So he went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go out and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarii, a day's wage. So when those who came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each of them also received a denari. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only an hour. They said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of work and the heat of the day. But the landowner answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarii? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. So we have here this incredible parable about God's generosity, because it starts out, it says, for the kingdom of God is like this. So we have this landowner who is unusually generous. And so as you think about this story, as you think about this parable, who are you in this parable? Are you the worker that showed up at 6 a.m., who knew they were getting a day wage but are upset because the landowner is so generous to the ones who showed up at 5? Are you the 5 p.m. person who worked just a little bit in the cool of the day and still got a full day's wage? Are you somewhere in between? See, there's something about this parable that we can all relate with. We're each one of those people. But, but here Jesus is making a point is that there's, whoever you are is going to determine where your heart is at to be able to experience God's generosity. So let me ask you this, who deserves God's generosity more? The person who showed up at 6 or the person who showed up at 5 p.m.? Who actually deserves more of it? And so I ask right now, as, as you reflect on this, on this story, as you think about who you are in this story, what comes up for you in your heart right now? Because something I imagine is, is, is twinging, right? I, I've earned this. I've, I've done this. I deserve more or something is coming up for you that right now says, I'm actually, I'm, I'm the person who, who showed up late. I'm the person who actually doesn't deserve this, and I don't understand it. How do I actually receive God's generosity like that? How do I experience that? Because that's actually the goal here is to be able to experience his generosity. See, the thing is about the people who showed up at five, they were there all day looking for work. And so the landowner comes by at 5 p.m. and says, why are you still here? No one hired us. No one wanted us. No one saw us. And so here is this landowner. Here is God saying, I actually see you. I want you. And I'm going to give you far more than you deserve because you know you don't deserve it. Because I just want to be generous to you. Now, there were times in my life where I'm constantly asking why. God, I don't understand why I've been able to receive this. I don't understand why you are so generous. How how has this happened in my life? I didn't earn it. It doesn't make sense. God's like, yep, that's the point. You cannot earn it. No matter what you've been taught, no matter what this world has said, you do not get in my good graces by working hard enough, by being lovable enough. You get there because it's dependent on my grace. And so while it is important to, 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 to hold these things in balance and to not, to not use that grace and, and for ourselves, it is, it is really important to be able to get in this place of, of being able to grasp the generosity of God for ourselves, knowing that we can't actually earn it. Now, many of us who have been Christians for a long time will say, yes, I know that I can't earn it. I know that God's grace and generosity is for everyone. But I would ask you this, how does that play out in your actions? How does that play out as you're trying to figure out how how good you've been lately for God. Or as you look at others who maybe aren't as good as you think they should be, and so you don't understand why they're still so accepted. You see, because we have, we have our own narratives. We have to be able to acknowledge our narratives. We have to be able to acknowledge what we believe, what we say we believe, and what we actually believe. And as we do that, we become more free, and we can help others receive freedom. Because that's the point, for us to be free and others to be set free. And as that happens, we become more like Christ, and we put on the character of Christ. But we can't put on the character of Christ by sheer force. It has to happen through the power of the Holy Spirit, and that happens as we experience the generosity of God. So how how do I do that as we get ready to close? How, How do I receive God's generosity? First thing you gotta do is stop trying to. That's what I've learned. I actually have to stop trying to, stop thinking I can figure out the magic formula, the magic steps I gotta take in order to get God to be generous to me because it's already available. Next. It's important to examine the debts you hold of others and release those debts. So who am I not being generous with right now? Who, who, who are you not being generous right with right now? Actually being able to examine that and, and, and releasing those debts, will allow us to experience the generosity of God. He's not withholding it because we're withholding it. What he is saying is that when you release it, you'll be able to experience something that I've had for you this whole time. So we release those debts. We clear the slate. And then we outpour it towards others. We look for ways to be generous towards others. We find ways to help people experience generosity. And that's just not financial. That's going to be in any number of ways. That can be with your time. I mean, do you know what it's like in, this, in, 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 a, in a world that is so rushed and so A to B to C to Z all the way that well, for someone to sit down with someone and just hear their story, to be generous with their time and generous with their love. As we do that, we can experience more of his generosity for us. All right, let's look at a few practical tips. Actually, just two. One, we are at the halfway point of this series. And so let's revisit our practices that we began a month ago. And so we've started a few, and they're going to be available online if you need to rehash them. But I want you to kind of look back at the last month. Have you been able to create any sort of rhythm with these practices? Have you seen any fruit so far? Does any particular one help you connect with God more easily? Spend time answering these questions and come up with a plan moving forward. Because as I said at the very beginning, as you engage with us on a regular basis, you're going to start to see some shifts. And so I wanna encourage you in that. And so as I mentioned, if you need a reference for these, just go to VineyardVR.org resources. They're all there. And so you just, you, you start going through them and we have different ones because not everyone connects in the same way. Not everyone works well for everyone, but these are the ones that have been kind of tried and true that are a little bit more uh, universal. And so I, I wanna encourage you in them. And then if you're like, hey, none of these work, Let me know. Send me an email. I got about 5,000 more you can try. All right, number two, pray Psalm 23 every day this week. Don't just read it, but pray it. Pray it out loud to yourself. Internalize it. Let it be a prayer from your soul. And so as we do this, I want us to think about God's generosity in the context of what we're dealing with as a community right now. What does God's generosity look like for those who are suffering? For those who are vulnerable right now in our community? For those who are isolated? How how do we show generosity to people who are out of work for the next month? Think about all the people that have been impacted by recent events and begin to demonstrate that generosity and see what it does for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness, and your grace. We thank you for your your generous love and your generous heart. Help us to become more like you. We ask that you would continue to guide us and lift us up. We thank you that we are no longer slaves to fear, but we are children of you. Let us be engrossed with that knowledge. Let us know that speech be true in our hearts. And let us respond in generosity. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show his face to you and give you grace. May the Lord turn his face to you and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. We're going to be in contact with everyone throughout the coming week as to what our plans are and what we're doing. Please stay tuned. Please reach out to us if there's anything you need. Uh, We love you, and uh, we hope to see you soon.